Hello again. Welcome. It's another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich, where conversation is alive and well with interesting people from all over the spectrum, including the arts. And today's guest traverses more than one art form. He is Boston-based rock and roll and music photographer Leo Gosbeckian. He's just put out a glorious new coffee table book called All Access Concert and Backstage Photos, just some of his amazing work capturing the superstars of the music scene. Check out his website, leog.biz, that's leog.biz, and the book is certainly available through the site or through amazon.com. People who've taken pictures over the years have some of the best stories around. So I've invited Leo to join us and share in some of those stories as we welcome Leo Gosbeckian as he takes us backstage right here on Mike. Well, Leo, you're not the first photographer I've interviewed over the years. I love talking with you guys because you capture so much and talking about it on audio is a real treat because it gets people's imaginations going. Congratulations on the book, first of all. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, it took a long time, but it was worth the effort. When did your career as a professional photographer begin and where? Well, uh, you can probably tell from the book, but you, but you, uh, the first uh, shot I ever took was uh, in 1971. It was actually March 13, 1971, New York City, uh, Pete Townsend. And uh, it, was, it was just an amazing experience because I'm basically a kid with a $50 camera that I barely knew how to use and there I am with, uh, to say an idol is, is, is even a, a, a mild, but a huge, a huge, huge fan. And there he is, you know, five feet away, and I'm talking to him, taking pictures, and it, it was just, it was nuts. It's still nuts for me to this day. how did that come about? Uh, were you hired to be there to take pictures at an event, or did you just happenstance well, come in contact? A friend of mine uh, was the representative for Sun Amplifier Company. He wanted the Who to use their equipment on their upcoming Who's Next tour. Um, and so he, he calls me one day and says, pack some things, going to New York City. And I'm asking him why this. And he goes, I'll tell you on the way. He pulls up in a, a huge powder blue Coupe de Ville. And we get in the car, we're driving. He goes, we're going to shoot the Who. And I, I'm just floored because, again, I'm, I'm a kid. I don't know nothing uh, we get there and, and walk into Manny's, which is a music store, uh, where I took that first picture. A few hours later, we went to a rehearsal hall uh, to, for them to try out the equipment. Who shows up is Pete Townsend, John Entwistle with their guitar and bass, and they plug it in, and there's mm. my friend and myself, and they're just playing all kinds of stuff for two of us. <laughs> it's, it's really something when you're in the business you're in and you get that one-on-one and you're the only one in the room or two people in the room. That's cool. And that's happened, I'm sure, many times in your illustrious career. It, you know, it has because of, uh, I've been very lucky. I've been lucky in the in respect that, uh, you know, little by little my name got out and, and to the various record companies and, and, the, and the radio promo people, as you know, is a great group in Boston, very mm. tight. Um, and uh, one by one, they all started using me and it afforded me the opportunity to be at dinners with the Bee Gees or Crowded House uh, or in a limo uh, traveling here and there with uh, with uh, different acts. It, it, it was just more than, I'm still blown away by it, as you can tell, because it's still very exciting to me. Well, there are hundreds and hundreds of photos in all-access concert and backstage photos by Leo Gosbeckian. Uh, and I want to ask you uh, about specific ones, but getting back to the first question, 
you started in 71 sort of officially. I'm putting quotation fingers up there. But was was your title at that point music photographer or was it general business? No, well, I, I did not call myself a photographer for years because when I took that picture, I literally had bought get that camera maybe a month and a half, two months prior. Uh, one camera, one lens, no flash, and still learning how to use it. Mm. So it was, I was not uh, an officially photographer. I, was, I could not have used that term then because it was so new to me. <laughs> so in a sense, uh, your career was sort of launched at that particular point, and it was, was from there. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was, that was definitely the finding moment because uh, to update a little bit, uh, by the time I got back to New York, somebody had given my name to the A&M Records promo person calls me one day, and he says, you got a camera? Yeah, well, I need you to show up at the music hall tonight uh, to shoot some pictures for me. Can you do that? Um, in my mind, I'm saying no, because I'm a little afraid still. Uh, but uh, sure, so I show up there, and who do we want to take pictures with is the Carpenters. And uh, I'm, I'm literally on stage next to Karen Carpenter when mm-hmm. she's playing the drums and so on. It was just, again, another crazy moment. How many photographs have you counted them up? There are so many. I mean, I, I can't count uh, in the book. Well, in that book is over six hundred photos in that book, and it. Uh, I looked through over twenty thousand images one at a time, <laughs> scanned about eight thousand, and then narrowed it down to that six hundred plus that's in the book. And and of the photographs that you've taken, and they're just amazing number of them, and they're so cool. Many of them are backstage in more relaxed settings, but some of them are on stage. What what are the challenges of each this this kind of setting for a photographer? Well, you know, uh, originally uh, it was a lot of uh, live front stage concert photos, and that had challenges at the time just because of lighting. And the lighting back then, and even the shows, the access, there was no passes, no all-access passes, no nothing. I didn't need a pass. I just show up and take pictures. Mm-hmm. And the lighting wasn't as good. The, the, the sound, obviously, everything is just so much more refined now. Um, and it, it, that's an exciting time because they're, they're performing. And what could be greater than get capture somebody playing the guitar, the drums, and, and showing their features. And, and backstage was a little different because you had to be cool. Uh, they're there to meet people, maybe meet and greets, which you, I know you've been involved in. Uh, and my job was to get it done, get it done right, and keep them calm. And uh, I made it happen uh, very often, if not most of the time. I want to get into some of the pictures now because there's there's a series of, of early photographs, more black and white in the early days, perhaps more color moving forward. But... Uh, um, the 70s was a pretty cool time to be in Boston and in New England and the Northeast because everybody played this area, right? They played the Paradise, they played the Orpheum, the Garden. It's pretty heady days. Well, it was, you know, to say it was exciting, you know, those are some of the ones you mentioned. There was bigger, you know, the place, Music Hall was very popular for bands like, uh, you know, Bowie, Queen, uh, uh, Cat Stevens, Neil Young, uh, just on and on. I, you know, almost everybody played the music hall, and mm-hmm. it was a, quite a nice venue, as well as the Orpheum, and then the smaller clubs like Jazz Workshop, Paul's Mall, and and uh, you know every major and and not so major band played Boston. So whether it was a small club, intimate with uh, with a with band like uh, the Runaways, for instance, the Rat, 
Uh, that was just an amazing night because prior to going to photograph them, I was in Harvard Square at the Harvard Square Theater photographing uh, Iggy Pop uh, with uh, David Bowie playing piano on his tour, and the opening band was Blondie. <laughs> and she, by the way, I can look at her at any time, Deborah Harry. Yeah, she was. She uh, had pictures in the book where I was backstage. She came by and I said, can I take some photos? She posed for me. We did some great shots. We were chatting. And a few minutes later, who shows up? But the Runaways, they start chatting. I'm taking pictures. Uh, afterwards, after the show, I'm backstage. And David Bowie and Iggy Pop are talking about going over to the rap to see them. And I, and I go with them. And we're sitting <laughs> at a little table uh, watching the Runaways. Well, there isn't a big name that's missing here. I'm looking through, and I see Bono and U2. I see Springsteen. I see Bowie again, you mentioned. And he, he's a fascinating character because people who have met him and sort of socialized with him all say the same thing, at least so far that I've, I've interviewed these people. They say he's one of the nicest, kindest, down-to-earth dudes. Did you find that to be the case? Well, I'll tell you, he was beyond... Uh, nice. He was. He's a. He's what I call one of the three gentlemen of rock and roll. Him being one, Robert Palmer being mm. the other, and Brian Ferry being the third. Oh, interesting trio. Yeah, I can understand Robert Palmer absolutely. But he treated you well because you're the hired help. I mean, and some people don't treat the hired help well. Well, well, he didn't have to treat me nicely or do anything with me. But uh, he was. He was beyond nice. I'm not. There's a photograph in there. You can see he's looking at me with a huge smile. Yeah. And that's not fake. That's real. He was just happy. And everybody that came by to meet him, he spent time with them and, and really cared about what they were saying, answered their questions. It's, it's rare to see such a big act take that much interest in a fan. There, at the beginning of the book, is a series of names. I know just about all of them. They're all Boston names. Let me just run a few by you. And again, we're a little bit parochial here because this is our neck of the woods. Fred Taylor. Uh yeah, well, a dear friend of mine, we lost him a couple of years ago. He was amazing. Tell us about your relationship with Fred. Well, Fred, you know, again, when, when I started going to Jazz Workshop, Paul Small shooting shows there, um, he was just one of those guys that everybody loved, and how can you not? Because he was happy, he was doing music, which you could just see by the look in his eyes how much he loved what he did, mm -hmm. and so many of the acts felt the same way about him. And he brought a lot of music to Boston that maybe would not have been featured if it wasn't for him. I'm looking at the list, and so many of these individuals have been guests on this podcast. Chachi LaPrette, of course. Bradley Jay is a friend of mine and a fellow uh, BZ uh, colleague. David Bieber's been on the podcast. Let's see. Uh, Ty Irwin. I mean, it's an amazing <laughs> collection of people. And there's something to be, Joe Spaulding, something to be said for a community that has long-lasting individuals and personalities. I mean, it makes your job easier, doesn't it? Well, you know, it, it makes my job easy. And also, it's, I mentioned it before, that it really is a community. The music, and not just the promotion people, but the promotion people, the radio people, we're all friends. They're, you know, even though there's, you know, there's different stations or there's different record companies or, or different clubs, everybody has a very good relationship with one another. And I tend to be, find that they're very helpful. And with me being what I do, I pretty much did work for all of them, and uh, I was welcomed. And what could be better than that? Is there one particular, or maybe one is too tight, too restrictive, is there a, a certain group of artists 
that even you who's seen them all and been around them all went, wow, I can't believe I'm here? Yeah, well, it, it's it's really so many. I mentioned the, I mentioned a couple, which obviously The Who was my first. Um, and then you go to see Allman Brothers early on. Uh, Cat Stevens, I was a huge fan. Again, I'm pretty young shooting him. Bowie, Roxy Music was, was huge for me as well. And it just kept on going on The Cure. You know, when I'm backstage talking to Robert Smith, actually, he came up to me because he liked my camera so much, and he had one, and we just chatted about it until they had to drag him away to do the show. Hmm. And by the way, uh, there are a lot of non-musical acts and non-musical celebrities. By that, I mean they're not known first for their music. Example, Raquel Welch. <laughs> well, she had an album, Joe. She sang. Oh, she did? She okay. Yes, yeah, she did. I... I I was pretty careful to look stuff like that up, and yes, people, uh, a couple of people questioned me on that, but if she did some uh, song or an album, I don't recall, but I looked that up, and she did have an album out of some sort. Well, you're old enough in my range to know uh, of her from the 60s, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, well, you know, it was, uh, well, when I first started, I used to go to the original Boston Tea Party where... And again, I was very young. We used to sneak into town and, uh, you know, saw Zeppelin, Jeff Beck, The Who, uh, there, you know, so many bands there. Uh, again, very young teenager. It was uh, quite uh, quite an amazing experience. Uh, the other one I was going to mention, um, Pia Zadora, and she also had an album out. Uh, I believe her, does, yep. her husband was, was her big supporter at that point. And then there's a picture, I love this one, uh, probably the early 90s of Mariah Carey. It looks like her junior prom picture. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when you, well, Mariah Carey's an interesting person to photograph because, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, after each, they've insisted on a background. That's why that background is there. A lot of them didn't want like a plain wall. But literally after each person came by to, to do that meet and greet shot, I would actually have to not hold my camera until her hair and makeup people checked her. And then the next person could come in. And then I could take my camera and shoot it. Yeah. And then I put my camera down. And that's just the way it went with her. Well, you have to live up to that diva reputation, I suppose. She was the biggest. I don't never but another one that was uh, any any bigger diva than her. No, not even Cher. Or oh, Cher was no, Cher was fantastic and just amazing. She, she's so nice and and sort of soft spoken in, in person. Is plus we're both Armenians, so we hit it off pretty. Ah, well. uh, that's true. There is that connection. There's a great picture of Tina Turner. Actually, two pictures. But one of them is when she was hot, I mean, in the 80s, I guess. And she is looking unbelievably exciting and excited to be there. Uh, you want to talk about Tina for a sec? Well, Tina, I photographed, as you can tell uh, by the amount of pictures in there, uh, many times. And uh, a lot of some of the book is, is reflect is reflects uh, acts that I really admired. So there might be some more pictures of them, but... Uh, one of the pictures is, I don't know if you're talking about the one where she has this shiny black outfit That's on. the one, yeah. It look, looks like okay. a Great Woods kind of performance or something. I'm not sure yeah. where, but... Yeah, that was at the garden. I was oh, hired garden. by her to photograph that outfit particularly mm -hmm. because it was new for her. They wanted some great shots to use in her tour book. Uh, that's why that shot is there, and I was able to get that, and it was used in a tour book. Beautiful shot. Gorgeous uh, shot. And and so many of these, you know, are people that we recognize. A few of the names are a little less known, 
but you you make them look as important and as special as anybody else. And isn't that the sort of the role of the photographer? It's it's to make your subjects shine. Well, I'll tell you, when I walk in, they hire me to just shoot something. It didn't. I didn't care whether I, I, some of them I didn't know their names. Mm-hmm. I didn't know because they were so new. They were what we used to call, I guess, baby acts, right? Um, and it didn't matter to me. And I was not, even though I was wild in the inside with some of the acts, I was. I never showed that. I never asked for autographs. Uh, I was. I had to be cool because they had to trust me and know that it's going to be. And but every everybody was treated with respect and with the same uh, importance to me. And uh, that's why I think I was uh, uh, around and had the longevity. You guys and I uh, credit you for the artist in you and, and many of your colleagues. You guys were doing this before everyone had a phone and a camera, and it's ridiculous now. Millions and billions of pictures a day are taken. How did that change everything for photographers like you when people could just shoot a picture directly from their phones? Well, you know, it's amazing what phones can do now. Uh, It's still not a camera. Uh, You still don't have the access that, you know, most of us have by being, you know, very close or right in front of the stage or backstage and so there's still a need for photographers and that high-quality image uh, to use in whatever, in press or, 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 or cover or whatever. And so that's still very important. It just, uh, mm-hmm. It's changed because people can take their own pictures, which is great, um, but you still need the photographer and that high-quality equipment. To make things happen. But, but I guess the other question is, are celebrities and their handlers more leery of any photographer because of all the amateurs out there? Has it caused a, a a problem for people who are pros to get inside and get the shots because everyone's got a camera and might sneak in and take a shot? Well, yeah, well here, here's what I found is from, from the beginning on, which was, which was you could just walk in, as I mentioned, and now it, it, it's a little bit more difficult. You definitely have to be uh, shooting for someone or something. Mm-hmm. Can't just say I'm a photographer. I'm coming to the show. It doesn't work. Uh, just uh, basically can't do that anymore. So that's changed quite a bit. They keep it very tight and strict. And I used to be able to shoot a whole show if the show was an hour long. I could stay in front of the stage for an hour. Now it's usually the first two and maximum three songs you can shoot. Then you have to literally leave the venue. You can't even stay inside with a camera. Some people uh, are naturally photographic, naturally photogenic, and there's one picture of Carly Simon and Tom Jones. Can you get more energy in one photograph than those two people? Man, oh, man, the teeth alone. <laughs> well, you know, you can see, I mean, you know, Carly Simon was always wonderful. She was a yeah. great person to work with when she came out of her shell and did that first show after years of not being able to perform because of stage fright. Right. A couple of shots of her in there with uh, her husband at the time, James Taylor. Um, but she just went on to become, uh, she was always vivacious, happy, nice, a great person to work with. And Tom Jones was just, for, for years, he was around at everything, all the different uh, radio shows I did. He, he showed up at everything. Hardest celebrity to track down or keep still or get a shot of, do you have any recollection? happy with me shooting him at that show, but I did manage to get that. You know, a lot of them, I find that they're, they're not mean, they're not, um, 
they're standoffish. They're shy and bashful right. when they're not on stage with the lights in their eyes and they really can't see the audience. Yeah, I, th- uh, I, b- I believe you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your cover, let's talk about cover. How do you choose a cover when you've got 7,000 million photographs? How do you pick the cover show? Yeah, it, it, was, it was, I went back and forth on a number of things. Is it color? Is it black and white? Is it this band? Is it that band? I finally settled on The Who because, again, as I mentioned, first band I photographed, that photo of Townsend doing the windmill was from when they played three nights. This was an interesting story. Uh, they played three nights at the Music Hall in 71. Uh, on the last night, uh, uh, Rod Stewart, who had just played a show at the Commons, I think it was called Con- uh, Concerts on the Commons at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. right. I remember those. Yeah. yeah, those were early. So he came down. He was standing on the side of the stage watching the show. Roger Daltrey sees him, throws his mic, his mic stand, hits one of his roadies in the head, storms off stage, wants to go out, wants to be driven to the airport and flown back to England. He was angry for some reason. We don't know why. Uh, I never found out why. Uh, so Townsend had to sing the rest of the show. Roger Daltrey would not come back, though. Interesting. And he did. And he, no, he he left. He was left the building. He, no, I mean, was, uh, told, Pete. What did Pete do? Oh, Townsend. Yeah, well, Townsend sang them all. He, he wrote the songs, and obviously he knew the words. <laughs> and actually, it was that's great. And called a trooper. Yeah, uh, that's what you yeah, did. Yeah, he was amazing. And you know, I think it was. Uh, yeah, uh, Rod Stewart was just watching the show. I don't know what the problem was, but it was a problem. Well, every every once in a while, things happen. I remember when uh, Elton threw a tape. Uh, uh, an electric piano off the stage in Foxborough or something. I mean, you know, yeah. stars are a little bit uh, temperamental at times. There's one guy in the book, and we love him to pieces. He's still with us, and he's fading a little bit, but Tony Bennett, and you, you write everyone's favorite, Tony Bennett. I, you know, he's he played that show uh, uh, for the radio show, and it didn't matter whether, whether there was people in their teens or, or people in their... 50s. Everybody loved Tony Bennett, and he came to Boston a number of times. Uh, I think you know Chachi, our friend Chachi, mm-hmm. yes. uh, who is a very good friend with his, and so he's been, and he's always just, he's amazing. I mean, just an amazing person, and great singer, great songs, and can't say too much good about him. What about uh, celebrities, Leo, that want the photographs and want to do something with them? Do you, ha- do you have a lot of requests over the years? Yeah, you took a picture of me uh, backstage. I really like it. I'd like to blow it up or use it for fans, whatever. That really doesn't happen. I know Townsend has one of my photo photos uh, uh, very, very few times. If I was hired to shoot something like for the Tina Turner cover, or not cover, but the tour book, uh, it's that. But, you know, they, they come into town. When these people are on tour, they're doing multi-cities. Uh, at least national, if not international. They're moving on from one to the other, one to the other. So uh, every a few times, and it's usually through uh, one of the radio people, I mean, sorry, the promo people, that if I like a shot in particular, I get it to them, and they get it, hopefully, to the artist. And uh, But not, not that often do, do I get contacted directly. Now, you've got to have uh, an in with the local guys. I mean, Aerosmith, how many times have you seen and shot them? I mean, there's some nice well, pictures in yeah. there. Aerosmith, uh, obviously, uh, Jay Giles Band, uh, Boston, a lot of the local bands, and when they were coming up, and even when they made it huge, I mean, they were in Boston. I, I know you, you probably saw that one shot in there taken at the Hard Rock Cafe. Yep. Uh, it was 
for a going away party, and it's a great photo. It's one of my favorite photos because it's uh, it's Tyler Perry, and in the middle is uh, Peter Wolf, and it's a you know it's a fun, very colorful shot, and yeah. it's one of those things that I happen to be there and got that shot. It's uh, it's it's something that happened often that I was probably. Uh, one of the very few or sometimes only photographer in there and happen to get a, a great shot like that that I'm happy with. There's one thing that I wanted to mention, and I'm sure other people have noticed it, but uh, at the very last photograph, the very last page, and there are hundreds of pages, it's an amazing book, uh, is a little tiny, tiny photograph, I assume, of you in the right-hand corner, Leo, right? That is me. And I, the reason yeah. I bring that up, is, and I don't know you uh, personally, because we've never really met or broken bread or anything, but it says a lot about the people that do the kind of work you do. Uh, there's a bit of humility there because you've got a job to do. You're an artist, but you're not putting yourself into the spotlight. You never put yourself in the pictures. So I just wanted to credit you with that. I think that takes uh, a lot of professionalism. Now, Thank did you. did you ever step to the other side of the lens and take a photograph with someone? Did that happen at all, ever? No, no, no. I mean, uh, do you ask somebody here, could you take a picture of me with Sting or something, or, or does that not oh, well, even happen? No, no, that happened uh, when I knew the act well enough, and we were friendly on a friendly basis, but I didn't have to ask somebody to take it. I was probably one of the first ones that did selfies in the ninth, late 70s, early 80s. Mm. I used to put, hold my arm out with my camera and take a selfie with Sting or with Dave Grohl or with Christine Aguilera or... You know, if somebody was friendly to me, we were chatting. Um, uh, that's the way I would get that. But I would always take it. I, uh, nobody would ever touch my cameras but me. Well, you should get a copyright uh, and a trademark on the selfie then. <laughs> because that's pretty good if you're doing it way, way, way back before the selfie sticks, which it sounds like you are. Um, what is your current situation in terms of shooting, in terms of work and in photography? Well, you know, the, the concerts have been, obviously, the past couple of years have been, uh, beyond difficult. Very few shows have come through. And it, you know, so it's very uncomfortable. I don't want to be in a big crowd at this point with masks and this and that. So I'm waiting like everybody else for things to open up and, and just be sort of you know, easygoing again. Uh, last show I shot was just before the pandemic. It was, I think, it was Toll Blow at uh, the uh, House of Blues. But since then, uh, not really much because I just uh, yeah. haven't been able to uh, get over the, uh, again, the issues that are going on. Well, I, I can understand that. And it, it's so tough for people in the entertainment world. And sometimes folks forget about uh, those behind the scenes and those doing what you do. And it's affected everybody, no question about that. But I'm glad that you're still uh, pursuing the craft. And uh, this is just one book. How many photographs, again, have you taken that you went through? about the other day and you know i mean people ask me how old i am i tell people i started when i was five but <laughs> it's obvious by the book the first picture of 1971 on and i was thinking about the amount of shows i photographed at the time and even if it was two thousand a year which is low because it's probably you know five thousand and then it went up to kept on going up and up and up uh, to uh, tens of thousands so Think about that. Think of five, even 5,000 times uh, 50 years. That's a lot of work you know, for that, that index finger, <laughs> that's, clicking the button. Well, I, 
them. There's this one quote in there, and it literally is a quote from uh, Little Richard. Yeah, I saw that. I'll just Tell say us. This to you is uh, I spent the day with him uh, in the limo, going to different places. Amazing, fun, fun guy. Another lovable guy. And at the end of the day, he looked at me. He goes, "Ooh, we, you have the fastest finger in the east." That's right. I, I read that quote. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. That was terrific. That was really terrific. Well, let's remind people that the book is available. How can they best get a copy? Well, the easiest way to get it is Amazon. Uh, you can either put my name in or the uh, name of the book. If some people want a signed copy, they can go to my website, which is leog.biz. I'm sorry, that's leog.biz, and I will uh, sign it and uh, send them a uh, copy. Well, I'm very honored that I have a signed copy. The book is called All Access Concert and Backstage Photos. It is a photo essay of his journey as a music photographer. And let me spell your name for everyone. Leo, of course. And the last name, Gozbekian, G-O-Z-B-E-K-I-A-N. A very uh, fine Armenian name from a very fine family and a great, great guy. Leo, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with this, and hope you're out there again shooting real soon. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it very much. Thank you again. Leo Gazbekian, a great guy and a super photographer. Check out his book, All Access Concert and Backstage Photos. Go to leog.biz. That's L-E-O-G.biz to find out more. Thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media for his help in publishing, to Chart Productions in Boston, where we produce this and many other podcasts. Find out more about me at jordanrich.com, and thank you, audience members, from far and wide for being there and helping me grow this podcast to well over 65,000 independent downloads. Till we meet again, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.